All right, good morning, everybody. We're going to get, get right into what God wants to talk about. Um, we're still talking about flowing in the Spirit. Um, I just think it's amazing how the 915 class, what God's talking about on Wednesday, God's breadcrumbs, flowing in the Spirit, just all lines up with uh, us lining up into His will. And, and, and I, was, I was meditating on this this week. I was just thinking about, like, we're in a culture... Uh, the culture we live in, just in general, I know this morning, 9.15, the, uh, the, the author was talking about being not conformed to the world or not being molded by the world um, and how it's so tempting. And I think the last thing I share with everybody is like, when you wake up every day, you got to ask yourself, is God's purpose for your life enough? You know, because I think some of the times we... we, we rush out of God's pro- process or his preparation for his purpose to get into something that may give us a more of an instant gratification or more of a shine from the world, but I know it, um, it hurts the heart of God when we're not operating on what we purpose to do. And I know this culture we live in is, uh, I know it's gotten so casual and irreverent um, with God. Um, and so because of getting so casual and irreverent is disconnected in many of us from the ability to discern the Holy Spirit's flow. It's, it's disconnected us from the ability to discern the Holy Spirit's flow. We've allowed like, uh, see, this is the thing. And we were talking about this. We'll be talking about this, of course, in something else I'm a, a teacher down the road. But what's so amazing is like we've allowed ourselves to get pulled out of God's presence. And I remember this as me and, her, me and my wife was growing. When I was pursuing basketball, I got a thousand questions from that lady. So, so now, now where do I fit here in this? And then we was, when I was growing in, in business and, and in, in the profession I was in, in social services, now where do I fit? Even business. Now what do I be doing? Uh, but it's amazing when I started to get involved in ministry, I got a lot less questions. And so I, so, so, so I think the adversary tries to pull us like he did with Eve out of our place of fulfillment already. Like Eve already had everything she needed. But he tempted her to say, what God's purpose for you or what you have already is not enough. And, and so then she was like, okay, so what else do I need? So she took from the world. And I think we do that, but you know what's dangerous? That's where all our stresses are. That's where all our worries are. Like, like if, if you find yourself waking up every day and you, all you have is another 35 things to worry about, you can rest assured you're out of the place of God. All those things, all those hoops. Um, I got this. I, I, uh, so I got this. I was talking to... Uh, uh, Nate Clemens's dad yesterday, we was having a conversation. We was just talking about stuff going on out here and some of the storms. So he said something. He said, well, well, he said it like it was a saying that everybody knows, but I didn't know it. And he said, uh, worry is interest paid on trouble that never happens. <laughs> worry is interest paid on trouble that never happens. <laughs> and uh, uh, so, you know, I was you know, I was, went out last night to, to shoot around a little bit. And so when I got back, he had texted me 
and, and he added some stuff to it. He says, worry is believing in your personal defeats and despair. Worry is faith in fear. So faith inside of fear, engulfed by fear. Um, and then this statement, stop worrying and start living. God says fear not, right? Stop worrying. He said he won't forsake us or leave us. So when I think about flowing in the spirit, it's hard when you're worrying. It's, it's, it's hard when you're outside of God's will because you're worrying about so many other things besides just floating in God's will, right? And um, let's go to Psalm 141. Psalm 141. We could just realize we have what we need, just rest in God. I think, I think we'll get all those things that God wants to add on our lives, right? And so through this process, um, well, let's just read it. Psalm 141.5. It says, let the righteous smite me. It shall be kindness. And let him reprove me. It shall be excellent oil, which shall not break my head. For yet my prayer also shall be in their calamities. So here this guy is saying, man, like, I'm in the way. I, I'm not flowing. He says, so when God sends the righteous to me and they, 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 they prick me with their truth or they challenge me or they correct me, I'm excited about those things because all it, all it is is taking a, a, away the weights that are causing me not to be able to flow. I mean, we're going to look up, some of us are not that far from here, we're going to look up 40, 50, 60 years old and be like, man, all I had to do was flow with God. Uh, you were talking about that today, right? Like, all I had to do was flow. Well, this morning, we're, we're still in today. <laughs> um, and all I had to do was flow with God. Uh, we had went to this, uh, uh, to a minister's retreat, I guess, minister's retreat, and uh, Dr. Don Wilton, I think he's in South Carolina. He was saying that, you know, the issue in the church has been personal convictions smothering absolute truth basically from the pulpit to the pew. So we have these personal convictions, but, but they are overriding God's absolute truth. Like, so, so we've been studying flowing in the spirit and the flowing in the spirit, you know, and how the spirit plays off of God's word. So you got to be flowing with God's word. 915, we talked about the value of, of knowing God's will and harmonizing with his will. I mean, it's, it's just a smooth flow. I watched these guys, uh, um, I haven't, I see she, she's getting good at it, but I, I don't have this skill to be messing around with this, you know, like, but I feel like I do, you know, music be going like my fingers move like I should have learned to play the piano, but I didn't, you know. Um, I think if you, if I had the time, I, I could learn it, you know, but, uh, but I notice like when I try, I can't get the chords to flow, to harmonize, like, you know, so I, I'll hit a note. And you know how you think you just get on piano and you just hit, you know, you just mix up something because you feel good, you know. So you get on there and you feel like, because you feel like this is going to sound good. You feel.
feel like it's going to sound good. And you hit these chords, and it sounds terrible. And you're like, but I, but I did that in rhythm, you know, with some flavor. You know, I even look cool, right? Matter of fact, when I'm hearing the song, it seems like that's how it's supposed to go. But if it, dun, dun, it don't even go with the flow. Why? Because I'm not on the right chords. Right? These keys have to harmonize a certain way. They have to flow a certain way. I'd watch these guys with, you know, with the guitar. Like, it just seemed like if you just go there and you just hit the strings and you feel good, you know, because you, you, you watch the shows or the, or the, the concert and the guy just be like going like this. And if he's, you know, you know, and it, and it sounds good, you know, or he'd be getting down. And so you just get, you pick it up and you just start doing your little thing. Like nothing makes sense. Because there's a harmony to those chords. And so when God's, when we get into God's word, we flow with God's word, we're in harmony, we flow with them. When we try to engulf our feelings and our will to his word, it throws things out of harmony. And you know how it looks when it's out of harmony? Stressful. Paranoid. Pain. Desperate. Thirsty. Thirsty. I, I just got to say it again. It looks. T- <laughs> uh, oh, man, y'all ain't right. Right, so. so <laughs> I'm sorry, I was thinking about something. Right, so so when, when we. <laughs> get focused. Right, when, we, uh, when we mix our personal convictions in with God's absolute truth. It throws things in discord. It's out of harmony. And it's hard though, right? Because you just like, you, I feel like this going to work this time. <laughs> At times, didn't you say like, you know, you keep setting your plans and you run into a wall and then you realize, maybe I should just do it God's way first, right? We talked about, y'all check the video out or, or, or go back and listen to it, uh, setting your priorities this morning, Right? And so, so, so we can't impose our personal ringtones into the service. BJ. <laughs> all right. All right. So we can't impose our personal convictions or our personal preferences on God's absolute truth. So, so even as a preacher, I just can't teach and hear it and go, let me just tailor this to my personal convictions or my personal preferences. And so we've been rolling that way for a while. And I'm not saying that we're not going to have a, uh, a couple of good moments. What does they say? A clock is always right twice a day. If you just leave it and don't, no battery, no nothing. Twice a day that clock is right. Right, you set it at 10 o'clock and then don't touch it. It's going to be 10 o'clock twice a day. In the a.m. and in the p.m. The interesting thing is some of us are right twice in a year. And we go, see, I was right that time. Even though you weren't moving. Just like that clock, you was not moving. You had no power. That clock ain't moving. It don't have no power. Nothing has changed. 
but you write twice. <laughs> and we'll use that as our excuse not to harmonize with God's absolute truth. Flow with God, right? So what we've done is we've allowed how we feel to stifle how we flow. We've allowed how we feel to stifle how we flow. Not because we're trying to be evil. We don't understand how we feel is getting in the way of flowing. Because doesn't it seem hard? Like if you just got to let go, you know, let's say if you had to let go, like, and just flow, like without your controls, get out of your head. If you had to get out of your head and just flow, like you, you feel like something going to mess up. Something in you says, if I worry about it, I'm going to change it. But that's never worked, has it? I'll put my hands on it, I'll change it. All right, so you got, you got these two boys here, so you're a mother of two teenagers that, that sometimes they flow the same, sometimes they flow different, and sometimes don't nobody know how they flow. But, but they, they got their own, they, they're growing up. But the temptation is to put your hands on every aspect of their life. That's the temptation. And if you, if you say, if God tells you today, if God tells you today, if God tells you today, take your hands off it, you know what you're going to say? I'm taking my hands off it. But what's going to happen? You're going to be tempted to put your hands on it. Because something in you is going to say, if, if I just let float, if I just let it go, man, these fools, they're going to do something crazy, man. And they're going to have to deal with the pain of their pain inside their pain and the pain. And, and, and I don't want to deal with their pain and my pain too, so I'm going to control them from causing any pain to me. But when you put your hands on it, you cause more pain than you would if you would just let it go and float, all right? I just, just think about that. So, so I thought about this. Anytime I've dealt with craziness in my life, it's because I overrode what I knew I was, I was getting in my spirit. The spirit was telling me, don't do that. Don't go there. Let that go. It's time to change. And I, I, I don't know if I hit the override button or I just didn't even look at the indication that I needed to change. Probably both. But that's when craziness happens. And the thing is, I would see things by the Spirit and then say, nah, that's not really there. Nah, I'll just ignore it. I'm sure it'll go away. But it didn't go away. I compromised what I saw because I enjoyed the relationship or the benefits of familiarity. I enjoyed it. And pretty soon, the thing that I ignored would come up and bite me. So here I'm flowing and familiar, was, was comfortable for me. So it could be a relationship. I've just been cool with the relationship for a while. And it's really like kryptonite. I'm told it's kryptonite. I recognize it's kryptonite. I'm not flowing the same with family, friends, or anybody, but I override that because I just feel good twice, <laughs> right? And I override it, and it just is craziness around me every time. But, I, but it's hard for me to just flow. It's hard for me to just trust God, right? And so, 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 so let's go to Ecclesiastes. Right, because all of what God, because we talked about flowing with God, and we talked about how the Holy Spirit plays off the Word. So we're getting absolute truth that's challenging us or, or, or correcting us. Um, and so we take correction as a bad word, but correction gets you back in the flow. 
Because sometimes we can go outside their lines. And then if, you know, if, 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 if you're supposed to be flowing downstream as a, as a way you flow, but, but you go outside the lines and, and your canoe runs into a tree stump or something and tips over and you, you, you're fighting for your life, all because you didn't stay within the flow, right? All right, so, 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 so God has given us direction. What did I say, Ecclesiastes? God has given us some direction in his word. He's given us some absolute truth not to condemn us, but actually to correct us so we can get back in accord with his flow, right? Because we've been outside the lines, not because we're, we're evil, just we hard-headed at times. I did say we, right? All right, so, so Ecclesiastes 10, 16 and 17. It says, woe to thee, O land, when the king is a child, and thy princes eat in the morning. It says, Blessed art thou, O land, when the king is the son of nobles, and the princes eat in due season for strength and not for drunkenness. Because remember I said from the pew to the pulpit, we've uh, let our personal convictions override God's absolute truth. So we'll start with the pew, right? Amplified says this, Woe to you, O land, when your king, your leaders, your priests, but... Uh, it says your king is a child when, when your incompetent officials and princes feast in the morning. Blessed, prosperous, and admired are you, O land, when your king is a man of noble birth and your princes and officials feast at the proper time for strength and not for drunkenness. So how does that line up with flowing? See, because if, if okay, I, I'm, I'm a leader, but... Not, but some of, you, some of us are parents, <laughs> so we're leaders too. So just because you say, oh, man, you need to get yourself together. It says there's a time for us to do stuff. But when, when we're moving based on our feelings and not God's word, we don't flow in God's timing. Right? So we, 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 we like I said, we get thirsty, we get greedy, and the thing about greed, it pulls you outside of God's presence because you say God's flow is not enough. Remember when we said God's purpose is not enough? God's flow is not enough. So you get greedy, and greed always pulls you outside the line. Eve had everything she needed. She got greedy, and it pulled her outside of God's, in harmony with God's flow. And we've been getting greedy, and it's pulled us outside of, of God's flow. There's a timing for things, and we're supposed to be taking on what we need to fulfill purpose to, to gain strength in our lives, not stuff just for the sake of, because I want more. Like, we just, we just want more just to have more, right? All right, so, so again, work with me. I'm just setting the stage for something. So Malachi 3. Again, we're talking about flowing, but again, there's some things that's been a, a stop in the flow. Almost like, you know, you have, you have things flowing down your sink and you uh, think that your sink is for you to do your hair all the time. And so your hair does what? Okay. Amen, brother. <laughs> oh, you got kind of loud on that one. <laughs> We don't think that's happened in your house. No way. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> clog up the sink. 
like outbursts, right? All right, so, and that's the thing. So, we're doing something to clog up God's flow. Uh, so, Malachi 3, now we, we know Malachi 3 is the tithe, bring your tithes in the storehouse, and be meet my house, I'll rebuke the bar for your sake, your vine won't cast forth fruit before it's time. But drop down here, uh, verse, well, I want to highlight 14, but I'm going to start at 13. It says, your words have been stout against me, saith the Lord. Yet ye say, what have we spoken so much against thee? Verse 14, you have said it is vain to serve God. And what profit is it that we keep, we have kept his ordinance, that we have walked mournfully before the Lord of hosts. And now we call the proud happy. Yea, they that work wickedness are set up. Yea, they that tempt God are even delivered. Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and, and that thought upon his name. It says, and they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels when I establish the things of my beauty, I will spare them as a man spares his own son that serveth him. Then shall you return and discern. Key word here is discern. Key word here is discern between right, the righteous and the wicked, between him that serveth God and him that serveth not. I wanted to read this out of the Amplified. It says, you have said it is useless to serve God. We're profited. What profit is it if we keep his ordinances and walk around like mourners before the Lord of hosts? So now we call the arrogant happy and blessed. Evildoers are exalted and prosper. And when they test God, they escape unpunished. Then those who feared the Lord with awe-filled reverence spoke to one another. And the Lord paid attention and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for those who feared the Lord with an attitude of reverence and respect and who esteem his name. They will be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, on that day when I publicly recognize them and openly declare them to be my own possession. That is my very special treasure. And I will have compassion on them and spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. Key focus here. Then you will again then you will again distinguish or discern between righteousness and, and the wicked, between the one who serves God and the one who does not serve, one who does not serve him. So, so, so the key thing is, is we must return to being all in with God and ask God uh, to help us discern his will. See, see, flowing with the Spirit is, the Spirit is flowing a certain way, and I pick up the Spirit's flow. And I harmonize with that flow. I jump in where the spirit is flowing. But if, if we've watered down uh, everything we talked about today, our righteousness and harmony with God, getting in his word, we can't even pick up the flow. So God could be flowing a certain way. We'll go another direction based on the crowd or what they say instead of just flowing with God. And what happens is we'll get around. See, again, now we, we, it's saying we're we calling an arrogant blessed. We're we're bailing out those that are not living right. Because, see, we we want to justify our compromise. We're not compromising as much as they are. So we go, hey, if they get bailed out, then I'm, hey, hey, I might be doing bad, but I ain't doing like what they're doing. 
So, so we're in a society that highlights the compromise because now it doesn't justify a standard of living righteous, right? And so when we do that, we don't realize we, we, uh, we weaken our ability to pick up God's flow. He's flowing. And everything you need is in the flow. Everything you need is in the flow, but you got to be able to discern the flow. You got to be able to, to, to distinguish the flow. And if you, you, you uh, dull your senses or your discernment ability, you won't even pick up how God's flowing because you'll be so busy moving based on how you're feeling and what they're saying. All right, so, so it's important for us to, to return to being all in with God. The scripture says this in James chapter 1. I'm going to pick this up a little bit. James chapter 1. So, so, so I only opened up with, you know, we get caught up, we're out of harmony, people are compromising, they're doing their personal preferences and all that. All that stuff is dousing the ability to discern because it's muddying the, the reality of right, righteousness and unrighteousness, sanctification and, un, and what's not sanctified. It's muddying it. Like you have, we're in a culture where a person will claim Christianity and curse out of the same mouth. But they but won't go, my bad. It'll be like, and if you say, did you just curse? Ain't nobody perfect. <laughs> Whether you said nobody's perfect or not, nobody's perfect. What does that got to do with you speaking, cursing, and blessing out of the same mouth? Because that's not lined up with the word. See, again, and, and, and I get it. I get, listen, people ain't talking about a lot of this stuff at church. You know why? Because they're trying to accommodate people. They want to comfort everybody. But if you comfort everybody, you're comfortable because everybody came to hear you. But they're not comfortable because they're not flowing with God. That's unfair. I get the flow. You get the show. I didn't put on a show before you. So you're entertaining. Right? But I get the flow, though. That ain't right. I don't know how that looked. It probably looked dumb, but, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> obviously, you know, I don't tap dance, right? <laughs> In more ways than one. All right, so James chapter 1. We got to get back in the flow, right? And so, so, so we have this here. It says, uh, verse 5, it says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God who give it to men liberally and upbraideth not. And he shall, it shall be given to him. So when I'm asking for wisdom, I'm asking for the ability to be able to diagnose, process, recognize, discern, distinguish how to flow with God. Right? And all I got to do is ask. Right? All I got to do is what? And, and so uh, Solomon, 1 Kings 3, uh, verses 9 to 11, you can write it down. You know, God asked Solomon, man, what you, what you want? Solomon was smart, man. He, he didn't ask, look, he didn't ask for greed. <laughs> see, see, he, he didn't ask for wealth. He didn't ask for long life. He said, man, give me understanding so I can actually process, distinguish how to guide these great people. It was all about God's will, God and God's people. So, and God was like, I love this dude, man, because you didn't ask for yourself 
anything for greed. You ask for what would benefit my people to assist them how to flow with me. Man, I'm going to give you more wealth than, 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 than anybody's ever had. And if you stay in harmony with my flow, long life. He added a condition, you know. <laughs> right, but this, let, let me ask you something. So God, because a lot of us, we, we, we want money. And some people think they have money, but they don't. But, but Solomon had more money than everybody. You would think, logic would be, if I, if I don't do anything, I'm at least going to do what Solomon did. Right? It's right there. That's what I'm saying. Stuff is right in front of our face. We can't, we can't discern. We can't pick up how to flow God. He gave us a script. Like if you never read anything. The tree, 1 Kings 3. And then there was a lot of follow-up with all that getting, get understanding. <laughs> like, so you can see, so you can process. We all talk about fight to see around here. So we can see, discern, pick up how to flow with God, man. We're losing a very special gift here. Right? Just pick up how to flow with God. Um, so, we, so, so we must leave complacency and return to sharpening our discernment. Leave complacency and sharpening our discernment. Because in all honesty, when life looks gray, it's really black and white. There's, a, there's, there's distinction in how to flow. We want to make it gray because there's a lot less accountability in gray. But when it's black and white, when there's lines, there's inside the lines and outside the lines, then, then, then now you got to choose. You have to decide to be accountable and responsible. But when it's all good... Then you, then you could do whatever you want to do. But it cheats you from fulfillment and flow. The adversary, he, hey, hey, they, all the barriers are, are tore down when you compromise it. Oh, no, no, go ahead through. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, come on through. Ah, man, just, just, no, no, oh, VIP, you VIP. Yeah, you can go on through, man. No, 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 just go. Hey, hey, yo, yo, send him all the way through. He with us. And so you're going through and you're seeing successes and things. You're seeing delicacies. You know, you're seeing the, de the whole time you don't realize where you're going. You're on your way to the fire. You got an all-expense-paid pass to the fire. And your only concern is you had no restrictions on the way there. Like, like, but you can't discern where you're going. You can't pick up. You, you, <laughs> so you wish you could go where I was going. <laughs> like when I was a kid, and they gave me a key, and they said I can go around the city. Now, I'm from Newark, New Jersey. Um, I'm, I'm young, and I can go. So for me, now, because remember, I grew up with foster parents. Their grandkids couldn't go. Yeah, I remember this. They couldn't go, but you had our block and the next block where their cousins was at. That's as far as they could go. But I can go all over the city. So at first, this is what I'm thinking. Oh, see, they, they, they can't even go nowhere. I, I can go anywhere, as long as I came back at a certain time. As I got older, I thought it through. I said, wait a minute. They, <laughs> they didn't care where I went. Because <laughs> if you think about it, I'm a, I'm a young kid navigating through the street by myself. 
Now, now, how many of y'all going to send y'all kids out like that? Just go anywhere. Come back whenever. You don't know what he had. We ain't had cell phones. Pages wasn't even out then. So to call somebody, you had to get to a house or a pay phone or something like that. So I'm out here. You don't know where I'm at. Ain't no, like y'all be having the kids call. The, where you at? Are you leaving practice? Okay. How long it take you to get here? Like step by step. Uh, if they stop at the store, or I'm going to stop at the store. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to buy. Well, it should have took you this long to buy what you need to buy. You need to have your butt in the house. Right? Oh, no, 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 no. Not me. But their grandchildren, listen, all they had to do is walk to the corner and they could see. So I thought, that because I had all expense paid, I thought it was free. <laughs> yeah, I'm all excited and don't realize like, I can't discern, this ain't good, man. You just going to get, and I did, you going to get more trouble. Because ain't nobody watching me, man. <laughs> and I was out there crazy. So the scripture says, don't be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Ephesians 4.14, right? Right? Is it, well, let's go there. Ephesians 4. I see you, Holy Spirit. So we're trying to sharpen our discernment, but we got to watch this. It says that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, carried about by every wind of doctrine. Look, by the slight of man and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. So we're walking around all our life trying to keep up, trying to go flow with them, we're being tossed around. Like, our style changes with the, with, with the world does. Like, we don't even know what we like. How we uh, present ourselves is what's, what's, what's the latest. It's not what we, who we are. We talked about that in, in Master Life. Like, we don't even know who we are because everybody's telling you how to be. And you don't feel comfortable Unless you conform to how to be. Put pressure. Look, they put pressure on you. You come in the house, put pressure on your parents. Listen, you got to be out your mind. I got an iPhone 8. Like, we're at, we're at 12. You're, a few, you're quite a few generations behind. I can't go to school with that. Tell you what, the reason why I didn't call you because I had to pull out my phone. <laughs> if I pulled out my phone, everybody's going to see it. And, and listen, I, I got the up and down camera. I don't have the, 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 the L camera. Like, I... You know, my camera can't see three dimensions, so they showing me pictures I can't produce. Let's go, Mom. Get with the program. Get with the program. How much does these shoes cost? $40? Man, nobody wearing that. Listen, I'm not going to school. I'm sick. I'm sick. I'll go to school when I actually can represent. I'm not fully representing this household wearing these shoes. Let's go. Nothing less than 150 Nothing less than 150 Right, I don't know where you at. Listen, you need to stay every day. Just sit, watch the commercials. Stay up on stuff. You're so weak as a parent. Don't nobody wear that stuff no more. Where you at? But see, <laughs> that's so much bondage. That's so much bondage. You can't go. You, I, listen, I used to get, listen, I, I never had the, 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 the brand stuff. So I would like make stuff like Converse. I had shoes look like Converse. 
but they missed the, the stripe to go around the toe, so I colored it in with an ink pen. So if you wasn't really looking at me like, I think they're Converse, but if my past leg come up, you're like, man, that was Charter House, man. What a, <laughs> that was the name of them, for real. It was Charter House. It looked like Converse's, and them soles would never wear out. You know you want to wear them out, so hopefully you finally get some Converse's. Man, them things would never wear out, man. I, I, I wore them every day. Then I got some roach killers. Remember my roach killer story? We call them roach killers where you can catch the roach in the corners, the pointy shoes. I saw those shoes, and, 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 and God bless her heart, she's, she's not living. Miss Taylor looked at me, and she saw my face, because I wasn't like, hey, I got new shoes. I was like, you got to be kidding me. So I probably looked like my whole life is ended, right? And she said, she, this is what she said. She saw my face. You're going to wear those shoes. You're going to wear them till they have holes in them or whatever. And those was the shoes that don't have holes. I wore those shoes every day. No, 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 no. For everything. When I went to play ball, I had those shoes on. No, I kid you. No, no, this is, hey, hey, Doug, you, you know what I'm talking about, right? I wore those shoes and, and I had, you know how you had to cut off jeans? So I had to cut off jeans, white tube socks, and some black pointy-toed shoes. And we used to play football, right? Because they called me the juice. Play football, I'd be running, hey, watch out for those roach killers. Watch out for those roach killers. So, <laughs> while we was playing, for real, I'm not, I'm not making this up. Playing basketball, I don't know how I had grip, but when, when I played ball, I, I was out there with my roach killers. Like, getting my little groove on. Step back with my roach killers. I probably stepped on your toe. Yeah. That's how I got by you. But what I'm saying is, like, <laughs> now this is, this is all a true story. I, no embellishment. Everything I just told you is exact, well, I probably left some stuff out. <laughs> it's exactly what happened because I was determined with my wisdom that I'm going to wear those shoes until they have holes in them, but those were the shoes that never get holes. <laughs> them, them soles was hard, man. But I, I was going to try to figure out a way. I figure if I wear them every day for the rest of my life, eventually, maybe they'll get holes. My point here is, why was I going through all that? Why was I sneaking down in the basement, putting my suit pants in the basement, walk out the door as if I was going to school, walk up the street, bye, turn around, slip back in the house, leaving the back door open, no security in the house, Put on the suit pants and go to school just to show I had some Swedish knits. My suit pants was the only pants I had that. See, y'all ain't even know that, did y'all? So, but not, oh, not only that, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in stress the whole day of school because the back door is open. And I'm hoping nobody recognizes it and closes it because then I got to come in the house with my suit pants on. I ain't thinking about the security of the house. I'm thinking about... I got to make this quick change and then come in the house like I, I wore these high waters that you bought me that, get, that people would laugh at. I went through all that. Why? Trying to keep up. Trying to keep up. Everything's trying to keep up. People trying to crack on you. Yo, man. Yo, yo, you was back in Moses' time when you were in the floods? People was always cracking. Everything. See, what I had to learn was wherever I'm at, be content there and flow and grow from there. Listen, I was already, already going to be in a position where somebody wanted to have what I had and do what I was doing. But I didn't recognize that. That's why I tell young people all the time. I say, when people start cracking on you, take a pad with you. Put their name and address down because those are the people going to be asking you for jobs. 
Right? So we have to get to a place where we're flowing back with God. That's what's missing. And we're not discerning uh, Ephesians, we're in five, right? Did we read something? Oh, okay. So let's go over to five, okay? <laughs> you know, Bible is the next chapter over right here in front of my face. Let's go over to five. And we already, we talked about some of this stuff this morning, but let's go to verse... 17. It says, wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding. Now, within that word understanding is the ability to discern. But understanding what the will of the Lord is. Be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Romans 2, after it says, be not conformed to this world. We talked about this morning, don't be uh, molded by this world. Uh, the message says, don't fit into the world without thinking about it. When it says, after it says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the new one of your mind, it says, to prove what is the good and acceptable, perfect will of God. It says, don't be conformed, prove God's will works. We're the ones that prove his will works, but we got to trust his will. We got to discern what his flow is. So we're trying to flow with God, and everybody watching your life goes, I I just want to do what you're doing. So obviously, the flow leads to fulfillment. I want the fulfillment, so I'm going to flow. We're his representatives, but anytime we compromise and sell out, you know, we spend all this time talking, oh, oh, Jesus, I love Jesus. Well, you know, Jesus, we send our little posts and stuff like that. Then first crisis hit, we go right into compromise. We get out of the flow. And all those people are going, I told you that stuff don't work. I ain't seen the manifestation of it because we got out of the flow, right? So, so, so this discernment, we have to get back to the, having the ability to discern. And discernment is perception. It's a prophetic direction. If you discern right, you'll, 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 you'll pick up prophetic direction. It's an unction. You know, First um, John 2, you have an unction from the Holy One, you know all things. It's a knowing. Discernment is a knowing. It's spiritual insight. You see what people aren't seeing. It's revealing what's hidden. It's exposure. It's warning. You pick up a signal. Don't go there. Don't do that. You pick it up. You discern. Even when you was like, hey, man, this is, oh, <laughs> never mind. You got you to gotta say never mind. You got to say no. Guess what? You got to say, hey, I know I committed to do this. But I had time to think about it, which means the Holy Spirit said, are you crazy? And you said, I'm not going to be able to do that right now. I know I committed to do it, but I'm not going to be able to do that right now. Just that simple. It ain't deep. What what are you saying? I've discerned this is going to take me out of the flow. As opposed to just being greedy. Greedy and needy. Thirsty. Right? So, so, so it's... (laughs) It's, it's, the, it's the power to see what's not evident to the average mind. It's the power to see to what's not, what's not evident to the average mind. Uh, when I say average mind, I'm talking about the, the super intellectual minds in, in the world. To God, that's average. That's average. They, they learn every, all the book knowledge possible. They have every possible degree. But to God... That's a wonderful thing. Get all the degrees, get all the book knowledge, but that's still average if you don't have discernment. <laughs> if you don't have discernment, you don't even know how to use that stuff. 
You use it for, for, for uh, uh, a badge of honor as opposed to fulfilling purpose, right? And so, so when you operate in this discernment, the revel, revel, revelatory gifts are in operation. You know, discerning of spirits, right? Words of knowledge and words of wisdom. You can pick up the, the words, of, words of knowledge What's going on in somebody's life right now? What's going on? What, what happened before they showed up in your presence? You can pick up the word of wisdom. You can see what's happening in their future because you're discerning. You pick up what's going on in the spirit realm. You have better discrimination. You can read character and motives, right? And have the patience to let it all play itself out, <laughs> right? See, so because you're walking in the spirit, not fulfilling the lust of the flesh, uh, Galatians 5.16. Looking on the things that are, are, not looking on the things that you see, but things that you can't see, right? 2 Corinthians 4.18. See, so with all that we're doing, and the Bible says Jesus perceived what was going on in their heart. He discerned it. They're having a conversation. He ain't even privy to it. He's like, so I know you guys thinking this. <laughs> Right? He just kept picking up. He perceived that they was about to take him out, and it said he slipped through the crowd. They was like, okay, Jesus was just right here. How the most popular man in the area slipped through the crowd? How is that even possible? Well, I'll get into that translation stuff another time. But what I'm saying is, this is, this is disability is powerful. It's a powerful when you can uh, really be led by the Spirit. When you can be led by the Spirit. That's why the Scripture says, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. It says the Spirit is indeed willing to keep you in the flow, but the flesh is weak. Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. Be alert. Be discerning. Stay in God's presence and communion of prayer, right? Because the spirit that you're going to fill up is willing to keep you on the flow. The flesh is weak. The flesh is blind. It'll get clouded. It'll have you moved based on your feelings, not based on your flow. Right? Amen. Right? So, so let's go to 1 Corinthians 2. First Corinthians 2. We got to sharpen our discernment. Really do. But some of us haven't been sharpening because we didn't know it was a viable part of our existence. I don't know if I said that right, but you understand what I meant. So 1 Corinthians 2, 14. It says, uh, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. They are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because what? They are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. So look, he that is spiritual, consumed in the spirit, the reason why they judge all things, uh, to, to place a judgment on something is to pass a sentence. That means I'm, I'm taking in all the information, the righteous and the evil, and I'm making an assessment what's the best thing to do in this situation. So you see, we call judgment somebody's talking about what you're actually doing. As long as they didn't say what your intent was, they're not judging you. But if you late and they say you late, you late. <laughs> uh, don't judge me. No, they didn't say you late because you don't care about nobody but yourself. That would be a judgment. You know? 
if you're a, a, a lush, a lush, is that what they call it? Lush? Just, just, uh, just, well, anything, but the, 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 the no, the tone, the, the, the tone I was thinking about is when we were coming up, people that just, they, they, they excessively drank was called luscious, right? But, but, but if somebody sees you excessively drinking, okay, I'll just do that, right? And they say you excessively drink, oh, don't judge me. See, in your mind, you're saying they're judging me because they're calling you out on what you're doing. But no, they didn't say you're doing that because you don't care about your life, you don't care about nobody but yourself. They're just telling you what you're actually doing. They didn't judge it yet. You see, but we, that word has been used to keep truth off of me, to keep accountability off of me, keep responsibility off of me. Guess what? To keep me out of the flow. But we can't feed the natural and think we're going to flow in the spirit. It's not happening. It's just not happening. And it's stealing everything from us. And every aspect of what we do is stealing from us. Man, if you can flow, man, athletes that flow are phenomenal. I remember every time they interviewed Kurt Warner. Now, he's, he's back in groceries. They brought him to the team. He's the third quarterback on the team, but he started to flow in the spirit. So the starter gets hurt. The other guy gets hurt. And he, he gets out there playing. And, oh, my God. It, it, like, just start winning Super Bowls and MVPs. And they would interview him, and it wasn't about, well, you know, what I did was I worked on my craft. It was like, man, I just, Jesus, Jesus, family, flowing. <laughs> like, it was just exciting to see. It was just like flowing, man. Athletes that can flow are phenomenal. Employees that can flow, business people that can flow, phenomenal. They see things nobody else sees. They discern the right flow. People in their head, all they look at is somebody less than them to endorse what they're doing as more than it really is. Oh, all they look at is somebody less than them to endorse what they're doing as more than it really is. All they, oh, I just was making sure we got it. <laughs> making sure we're paying attention. So, so we have this discernment. We talked about the natural discernment, which is not your friend, but spiritual discernment. But natural discernment, we always use in our senses. Uh, discern, discern was not evident or totally exposed to the surface. So, so we have a natural ability to discern. But we're talking about spiritual discernment, utilizing our supernatural insight to discern what's not evident or totally exposed on the surface. The scripture says Jesus perceived in his spirit in uh, Mark chapter uh, 2, verse 8. Not in his head, not in his mind. He perceived or he discerned in his spirit. So God grants discernment through the Holy Spirit. We talked about God gives gifts uh, to profit, uh, 1, 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 10. Um, but I want to stay here, 1 Corinthians 2. And let's start with uh, verse 9. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9. I know we read 14, but before we get, get to that. It says, but as it is written, I have not seen or ear heard. Those are your natural abilities. Neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. 
But, that, but God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. How? By his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, bless you. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know, we might know, we could say discern the things that are freely given unto us of God. That are freely given unto us of God. It says, which things also we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. And then it goes on to say, but the natural man understands the things of God where they're spiritually discerned, right? So here, God is trying to want us to see we're navigating through this crazy earth realm, and he says there's some things freely given to us. And the Spirit will reveal those things, but you got to sharpen your discernment to pick up the flow. We're working uh, four or five times as hard for things that because of God we can get freely. So we, we, would either, we would rather operate in labor than favor because we've cheated ourselves from flowing. First John 4. And so, so, so again, sharpen our discernment. And, and so I know here at the church, you know, stop smoking, stop drinking, stop sexing, whatever the stops is. I, I don't know. You just... You, Pick the category. But it, but it really isn't about like some type of religious, you know, what's wrong with you? Get yourself together. It's about it's stopping your flow. That stuff will anchor you and stop you from flowing. So it's not, it's not, it's not abuse. It's not, um, and it's not even put down. It's if you have an opportunity to flow, Right? If you have an opportunity to flow, wouldn't you want to share that? Like, like so, so we're just trying to share, hey, get in the flow. <laughs> That's it. It's not <clears throat> like I, I had a wonderful conversation with a young man this week. And I said, we, we, the topic of what we talked about, I said, man, I already know you already have committed your life to that. It's something you like to do. I said, I know that before I open my mouth. I said, do I cheat you on what it would take for you to flow because I know you're already committed to something? I said, that wouldn't be fair to you. Well, since you're already committed, you just keep going down that road. No. I said, I, I, said, I have to give it to you. I said, I can't make you choose what I'm offering you, but I have to give it to you. So, so we get a hard time for just loving you enough to give you the information. After that, it's on you. We've already proven, anybody been around here for a long time, we're going to love you regardless of what you do. But we would, we would love for you. My, my son, I love, man. Besides my wife, that's my second best friend. Love that dude, man. But I want the best for him. Like, I'm a father. When he does good, I want to celebrate that. But I don't want him to rest there. I want him... I want him to get all that God has for him. That's what a parent does. Grandson, too. Every time he does, does well, I say, that's good. I said, but, but I always want him to set targets beyond that. Right? 
empty out is what I tell all athletes that I counsel. I said, the goal is to empty out. Not leave and say, I could have, would have, should have, wish I had. We don't want to leave this earth with those same regrets. We don't want to get 60 and be like, man, oh, man. Uh, Oh, my God, I wish I'd have known this a long time ago. I heard somebody say, I don't know, we talked to so many people. Somebody said recently, man, you know, I was outside of the flow. And I didn't think it took all that. Got in the flow and stuff started happening. I was like, oh, my God. So I wanted more. What would make you think to go back out to the crazy? And some of us ain't never left the crazy. But I, 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 I don't know what the, what the draw is. Um, I do. First John 4, 1. Look, it says, beloved, uh, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are going out into the world. So we would have to have discernment. Hereby know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesses not Jesus Christ is, is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is in the world. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. They that they are of the world, therefore they uh, speak they of the world, the world heareth them. We are of God, he that knoweth God heareth us, he that is not of God, heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. See, so, so it, it doesn't, just because you see a flock of folk following something, that doesn't mean it's right. He just said, they're not of God. The people follow them not of God, so they hear them. That, oh, I feel that. But we're supposed to be of God. So when we hear what God is saying, we're supposed to be flocking to it. We're supposed to be jumping in the flow. We ain't supposed to be looking at the pool. We're supposed to be jumping in the pool. So when you hear that current, uh uh-oh, the current, I hear the mighty rushing waters, I'm jumping in. As 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 soon as I pick up, God is flowing, I'm jumping in. That's why, you know, I showed you a, I showed you out a video of uh, Kenneth Hagin Holy Ghost meeting and folk was uh, jumping and laughing and shouting and the one guy so you know it wasn't fake because this dude had to be like 50 he was in the front row jumped up on the podium in one leap listen man I, I, I do jump boxes I do jump drills even now I'm not jumping up on this podium in one leap I, 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 listen I probably got to go back and get a run I can jump up on the podium, but I got to go back and get a running start. Like, I couldn't just, because I'm happy, he just jumped up on the podium and leaped off the podium. And they had a baptism pool, and he jumped in the pool. When he came out of the pool, everybody that touched him freaked. (laughs) People just jumped in the flow, man. They recognized God flowing. Not well, I'm not going to do nothing that's not going to mess up my cool points, you know, or get in my head. You can't flow in your head. 
Your head will talk you out of flowing. It's been doing it for years. The natural man can understand the things of God, nor can he discern them for they're spiritually discerned. That's 1 Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians 1 said, uh, uh, the, the things of God are foolishness unto men. It, it seems like foolishness because it doesn't line up with the conforming cool. And so we, 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 we find ourselves in these stuck places because we, we pick the Bible apart. And, so, and, and we're selective on how we want to flow with it, as opposed to just flowing with the entire Bible. And then what we do is we attach our worldview to different philosophies. The Bible talks about communion. Well, it doesn't actually mean communion. And that talks about discerning the Lord's body, this, like recognizing you're attaching your to Christ's actual presence. Christ's actual body, 1 Corinthians 11. You read it for yourself. When you take communion, make sure you're properly discerning, recognizing the Lord's body. That is not just grape juice and crackers. Everything, whether it's ties, we got to be able to discern the exchange in the spirit realm. But if you can't, you'd be like, you, just like this Bible. If you're not discerning, you'll be like, ah, this is black and white words. Well, you got to pick up in the spirit all these things that are benefits to our life. There's a, there's a natural and there's a supernatural. And we got to be able to uh, walk in the spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It's always trying to keep you out of the spirit realm. Keep you out of recognizing what's happening in the spirit realm. Keeping you not discerning spirit. Some of us are around uh, high-level demonic spirits and don't even realize it. High-level because we're not picking it up. It's not for fear. You don't have to be afraid. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You got to discern the greater one that's in you. We can't even recognize that because we've never been all in the God. We've been all in in the world. We've been in all in with, with the girl, but we ain't been, been all in with the guy, but we ain't been all in with God. And so I understand, I do, I, I respectfully understand how sometimes it doesn't seem to make natural sense. But, you know, I, I said it on the interview, but we've been saying it a long time, nothing that we see in our life makes any natural sense. You know why? We're just flowing. We're just flowing with the Spirit. And we get questions, we get criticism, we get, man, come on, man, please. Uh, we, listen, man, we, I, I don't know if somebody was giving me the third degree, but we just really questioned, and it could have intimidated us if we weren't flowing in the spirit. person wasn't trying to intimidate us, like, you sure? You sure, Charlotte? I mean, hey, unless you ain't never been there, and what you got? You ain't got nothing set up there. Why would you go someplace? Because naturally, that seems foolishness. Like, you sat here. Why would you? You're good. Oh, you got to just continue what you're doing here. No, but God, we was flowing with the Spirit. Everything was flowing with the Spirit. My wife at the gym, and God said, get up while she's working out, trying to get herself together, and come up to this church. At the same time, they was having a fellowship, and she, he, the Lord leads her to the pastor. She says, you know who the pastor is? I'm the pastor. All these people coming out of here? And y'all know Pastor Jack, well, you've, you've at least seen Pastor Jack. It, it wasn't like he was suit and tie with a collar. 
look just like everybody else. So, so just being flowing and led by the, being led by the Spirit. We've got to get back to being led by the Spirit. We was walking out of a hospital. Somebody's walking in a hospital, and the Holy Spirit said, go with them in their room too. We go in the room. No, we go upstairs. We pray with the people, and it's a cold. I call it a cold call. No, they don't, nobody knows us, but the guy that I, I met at the barbershop that I never had any relationship with, the barbershop that was next to the church at the time. So, I, so, so we went back. We went in there. And uh, they said the young man was in a coma. So we go in there and we start praying. My wife lays hands on a guy, flowing in the spirit. I'm, I got my hands on her. We're praying. The guy starts to move, talk, or say something. So we just figured it was just a, a, a reaction. They said, he hasn't moved in 30 days. And then the mom said, let me explain something to y'all. I know this is God. He's like, well, he ain't wake up yet. She says, no, my daughter came to me some weeks ago and said, God said that he's going to heal my son and he's going to have a man of God come into the room that we don't know on the 30th day. We walked in that room on the 30th day and we was the people that they did not know. You can't make that stuff up. You can't make stuff like that up, but you got to be able to flow. I mean, we didn't go to the hospital going, yeah, it's the 30th day, baby. Uh, I think somebody's looking for us. We went to pray for somebody else that was in a coma. Well, two people. One came out that day. The other one came out two weeks later. We didn't go in there for that. And, 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 and Jesus is the healer, but we, he can't use us if we ain't flowing. God, there's situations that's going to happen this week. God's just going to need you to follow the unction and flow. So actually, the setup is in the flow. Not in nothing else that's happened up to this point. You know, you go through this route, you had this interview, you had this interview, you had this interview, you position yourself for this. God said, flow, I want you to do this today. And you get more than what you would have got and you thought you was doing the right thing. Just flow, man. That's all. That's all. That's all. We'll get into more discernment maybe next week if the Lord wants to talk about this some more. Let's stand on our feet.